Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and have a listen. This is actually a three-part podcast, if you like. In part two, I'm going to be discussing ways you could make extra money through your own corporation. And I kind of touched on it in the last episode that, in my own opinion, the only real way to financial independence in Ireland is to have your own company or corporation. And look, you may not 100% agree with me, but I just think, given the low corporate tax rates that a company has in Ireland, you need to be taking advantage of this one way or another. And this episode is going to be how you can take advantage of having a corporation by doing contracting or freelancing work. And in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about how you could have a corporation and set up a scalable business or some sort of business that isn't tied directly to yourself doing the physical work. But on today's topic of contracting or freelancing through your own company, the reason that this is attractive, and I guess I've touched on this before, is because if you have a corporation, your tax rate's going to be around 125 to 19%, depending on what's deemed a professional services surcharge. And that's basically if you're a doctor or an accountant, or if you're a programmer or anything in the professional services field, the revenue charge a 7.5% surcharge on any monies that are left in the company after 18 months. So your accountant would be able to determine it. You could possibly call revenue and arson anyway. There's some governing rules about it. If you can get to a situation where you don't have to pay that surcharge, obviously that's a lot better, but there are some professions where it does kick in. So just be aware of it at this stage. You don't have to worry about it initially anyway, and you know, assuming you have an accountant, they'll advise you, otherwise you call revenue. But again, don't let it stop you from setting up a corporation. It is what it is. We have no control over it, so it's, it's still going to be better than paying that 50%. Even if you're not ready to set up a corporation, considering a side hustle, to bring in extra income is obviously only going to be a good thing. And the great thing about side hustling, it gives you the ability to dream about having that become a full-time income one day. And the common story is, I want to change careers. I don't really like what I'm doing. I would love to be doing this. I don't have a way to make any money from it yet. And so I'm doing nothing. And my argument to that is just start. And until you make that start, you're just not going to know. I mean, when I had the ambition to become a freelance web developer, it was never an ambition to become a freelance web developer. It was an ambition to just code because I liked it. And one thing led to another. One referral led to another referral that led to another referral. And before I know it, I had enough work to go full time. And if you remember my story, there was a three month period where I had a job and I was working three days a week and I did two days a week as a freelancer. And it wasn't long until I could leave that job and just become a full-time freelancer. And I literally haven't looked back since. A side hustle is a great way to increase your income. It's extremely tax efficient once you have a corporation. I'm not even suggesting that you start with the corporation. Start with the side hustle. Just do it as a sole trader initially and any profit, yeah, it'll be taxed at 50%. But you can always form that corporation later once you know where things are at. There's no point setting up a corporation and then two months later deciding, whoops, should have done that because now you've got legal costs to actually get rid of the corporation. So you're far better just to make a start. You can get in touch with revenue, but even if you just started something as a hobby business to start with, you probably don't even need to necessarily register with revenue, right? So it depends on how deep you get into it. But registering as a sole trader, 
Very, very simple with a 20 euro cost. If you actually do business in your own name, I don't think there is even any cost. So you can do some research on it. It's not hard. Give revenue a call. They will advise you. But that's basically how you can look to set up your side hustle. And then it's done. You don't have to pay tax on it until the next year. So just keep record of everything and just see how it goes. If nothing comes of it, fine. You know, the revenue is not going to be chasing you because there's no profit. That's my recommendation. And then the next question you're going to ask me, I guess, is, well, Mike, that's all well and good, but what could I do? Really, I mean, it depends. What are you good at? And when it comes to contracting, contracting is all about finding something that you can be efficient at and you can do well and quickly. My handyman is a good example. When I tried to put my TV up on the wall, after two hours, I had four holes in the wall and no TV up. My handyman came and within five minutes, less than five minutes, he had the TV up and the holes patched. It's his efficiency that allows me to know that I can get good work done through him. He charges well. I mean, he charged me, what, 50 odd euro to put the TV up. It was a five minute job, but it was a lot more efficient than me spending two hours at it and making, making a mess of it. It's like any of the trades. The trades are a great example. If you're good at any trade, then you've got the ability to charge a high hourly rate without the customer knowing about it because the customer's only interested in paying for the job. And this is effectively what I did as a web developer. Web development is very much time billing. And a couple of years ago, I made the decision to move away from that. It's been a slow progression to actually do that. But now I actually have put myself in a position where because I'm so efficient, I can actually tell the client how much it's going to be, push myself to work extremely hard to get that done in as little amount of time as possible. And the client's happy. They don't care how much it is as long as they're getting good value, which they are. And the best example I have of this, and the reason that I changed, is back in 2017, I had a a client based in Australia. I was flown down there to be given three months' worth of work. And it was in September, so it was going to bring us up to Christmas time. I got back to Ireland, and two weeks later, I emailed my client and said, right, well, that's all that work done, and here's an invoice for two weeks of my time. And it wasn't until I really reflected on that that I realized that they just got a bargain of a lifetime. They've literally paid me two weeks' worth of my time for 12 weeks work. The ironic thing is, is I then had no work from them for the next couple of months because that's all they had for me. And as far as they were concerned, that was meant to take me up until Christmas. I don't know, time selling is in many ways a contradiction. And I often feel when it comes to time selling that the incentive isn't right. The incentive on the person who's billing time is to go as slow as possible. The incentive on the person who's paying for time is for you to go as fast as possible. So there's kind of a contradiction in that. When you're actually both working to try and deliver value and do it based on market rates and just getting the job done and paying on a per task or feature basis, at least both client and worker are both in the same headspace here. So it's just a different mindset again. So that was my big revelation. And so when you're going up and setting up some sort of business and thinking about selling your time, maybe just think about how you can actually deliver value and charge based on a value approach. And the hardest part about this is you're going to lose money initially. Like at first you're going to lose money because you're not going to be good enough or you're going to get stuck on something that takes you a long time or the client's going to ask you to do more than what you'd anticipated. Uh, And there is a little bit of scope creep in this. So you've got to account for that. At first it's going to be a bit of a learning curve, but after a few months, you're going to start to really make progress on it and you'll step away from selling your time. And I'm just going to put it out there that from somebody who did it for more than 10 years, and was working off timesheets, time meters where you'd click and start. It's a horrible, horrible way to work because all you're doing is clock watching the whole time. 
right? I can recall times when my wife would be indoors, struggling with screaming kids, and I've had to say to her, oh, I've got six minutes work left. I'll just go out and finish that first. It didn't make any sense. You're not going to make any real solid progress in six minutes anyway. So my mindset has changed from that point of view. I'm still contracting. I contract three or four hours a day as a web developer. I don't really track how long it takes. It gives me freedom to structure my day around what I want to be doing and then have work follow. And it's just given me the right lifestyle balance. And when I cut down to part-time last September, it was hard work to get away from the mindset of the eight-hour day. And I think the realization I made was that I don't truly believe everybody really works an eight-hour day. Yeah, you might be at work between nine and five, but that doesn't mean that you're at your desk putting 100% output in. And I figured if I could do four hours at 100% output, that's going to be better than me doing eight hours at 60% output. That was my kind of argument. And it's true. I've become more efficient. I've become better value for my clients. Even though I'm working less, I'm just so much more focused when I actually am at work. I'm no longer distracted. The phone's away, no personal calls, Facebook's put away. It's just me and code and getting the job done because that's what the incentive is. The task for you is to work out what skills you might have that you might be able to be efficient at and actually charge a premium for while still giving good value to the client. I know that sounds like, yeah, good, good luck, Mike. That's a holy grail. But there must be something. There must be some skill set that you have. And look, at if you don't, thankfully, there's another episode on this stuff that's going to talk about how you can use corporations to start scalable businesses, which is going to be more suited for some people. That's why it's broken up into multiple episodes. But if you are in a profession at the moment where you're delivering some sort of service and you're using your mind to deliver the output, then it's a great opportunity for you to be a contractor. And you might say, well, Mike, that's all well and good, but where am I going to get the clients from? And that's the best part. 10 years ago, we, it didn't really exist, but now we have it. It's LinkedIn. If you type Michael Houghton in Google, there's very little reference to me being a web developer. But when I need some work and I can't get it from my existing clients, I update my LinkedIn. I point out that I'm looking for work and I'm a Laravel web developer. And within two to three weeks, people start contacting me. So this could be as simple as you just updating your LinkedIn profile and putting that you're looking for freelance X work and see what happens. Give it a couple of weeks and see if anybody contacts you. Because they will. You're probably already getting those contacts now from recruiters and other people like that. And maybe at the moment you're ignoring them. You know, what would actually happen if you replied? So that's the first thing. And we haven't even gone into branding, right? We haven't even talked about self-branding and putting yourself out there and you know, going on Twitter and seeing what's available. There's so many more options. I'm giving you the simplest one, starting on LinkedIn and see what happens. And the other way is just ask around. Ireland's an amazing place when it comes to networking. And there's so many opportunities to pick up work through friends and through friends of friends. Again, it comes back to putting yourself out there. And even if you're in a situation where you're already working full time and you're not sure when you're going to have the time for this, just make a start. Okay, it's called moonlighting initially. You could be doing this on your commute to work. You could be doing this for a couple of hours after work or before work or a little bit on the weekends. It's about making that start because eventually you might be able to cut down a day and just do four days a week at your work and one day a week in your company. I've talked about this in the last episode. Extremely tax efficient if you can start doing things like that. And you might say, yeah, but my contracting's scary. I need that job security. And I always think, well, having seven or eight clients gives me so much more security than if I just had one employer. 
because if I were to lose that job, it could take months until I find something else. If I lose a client, well, I've got seven or eight to make up for it. So there's always kind of a guaranteed income from me because I've got the clients there who I know are going to keep asking for me to do work. So hopefully that's given you a little bit of foresight into the way that I see it and the way that you could set up a corporation to start contracting through to get that income, which is far more tax efficient than that 50% tax rate, and potentially lead you to start being your own boss eventually, you know, not having to get up and go to work necessarily if you could do this from home, which is most likely you could. And just give a little bit of a different mentality and mindset around ways that you could actually get that extra income. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about scalable businesses and some of the businesses that I'm looking to set up at the moment. Really, this is just going to be about another way that you could use your corporation to give you that extra income. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're a big fan of the show, why not become an Irish Fire podcast member for free? Members receive access to inside information that isn't shared on the podcast as well as regular updates such as a monthly newsletter. To become a member, visit www.firepodcast.ie.